welcome to a very special edition of the B.O. Boys. I'm Clayton. I'm Pat. And this isn't a raw feed. No, well, it's an edited feed. I mean, right now we're raw. We're, this... When it's me and Pat, we're always raw. Yes. So at the moment, it's a raw feed. But the raw feed gives way into a pre-taped feed. Because, Clayton, we have a special interview on today's B.O. Boys. Yeah, very special. And this is awesome because this is something that we talked about doing on a previous episode. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. was try to be the number one movie in the country because Box Office Mojo and the numbers were not going out and getting any sort of numbers themselves. They were waiting to get numbers reported to them so yes. we we thought that there was a loophole there was a scam there was a scheme that could be had and yeah. here's us talking about that real quick i say we shoot a movie and by that i mean shoot anything for an hour and a half right yep. we put it up on a website we charge $6.50 and create virtual box office and then we have mm-hmm. the number one movie in America. We get we mobilize so, the wannabeo boys and right. the wannabeo girls right. to get everybody out there to buy this movie. We split that money with local movie theaters and we mm-hmm. we have a movie that is the number one film at the box office. And guess what? You don't even have to watch it. You just have to pay for it. And then we get that title. We take it back where it belongs and we hold on to it until actual movies, actual movies are able to take that back. So you're saying the B.O. Boys, the movie. Mm-hmm. We make it. We make it. On our phones. Yes. Whatever. Phones. <laughs> phones, whatever. Whatever we got. And then I mean Soderbergh. It's good enough for Soderbergh. It's good enough for us. Yes, and it'll look the same. Yeah. The Bo Boys, the movie. It'll it'll look just like High Flying Bird, huh? Yeah. Okay, so we're back. So it's a raw feed again, right? So now. of course, we didn't do that. But two gentlemen actually did do that, and they had the number one movie in the country for a day. And yes. we had them on the B.O. Boys. Yes. As soon as this big box office news broke, you know, a lot of outlets started doing stories on them. Well-deserved. They got a lot of press. But it only really meant that their plan had worked when the B.O. Boys reached out. And the B.O. Boys said, why don't you guys come on the show, talk about your movie. You're number one at the box office. So... We reached out to the director. Well, the name of the movie is Unsubscribe. We reached out to the director, Christian Nelson, and the star of the film who also came up with the original plan, Eric Eric Tabak. And they were guests on the show. And I think this is, would you say this is the coronation for them as box office stars? Oh, absolutely. This is definitely when they are legitimate box office heroes. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's let's go into it. We talked to the uh, people behind what was the number one movie in the country 
on Box Office Mojo and the Numbers, Christian Nelson, Eric Tabak, the people behind the movie, unsubscribe. We have a very special box office interview here. Uh, you know, for the first time ever, Clayton, we talk about the box office, but now we have two legitimate box office megastars on the BO Boys. We have Christian Nilsson, Eric Tabak. They are the people behind what the numbers and box office mojo are saying is the number one movie in the country. Unsubscribe here. Uh, so, guys. Thank you for coming on the BO Boys. This is a huge honor. Yes. Um, this news was so, shocking to us. Yes. So we've been so we've been talking about this for months. How you know there's been no new movies, and there this is something we actually mentioned on our show like a month ago. There is an opening for someone to do exactly what you did. We talked about doing it ourselves, and then of course didn't too do lazy. it because it too was lazy. Too Yeah, yeah. But we talked about it. And we were so happy when we saw the news hit last week that someone actually did it. So could you tell us a little bit about what your original, and when I say scheme, I mean that in the greatest way possible. I love a scheme. I love a scam. So tell us about like what your, who had the initial idea for this movie and making this the number one movie in the country? That's Eric. <laughs> that's, that's me. Um, yeah. So. I uh, initially had, uh, similar to you guys, was the, the simple idea of, look, there's almost nothing coming out. Uh, the, the profits that movies are making and the box office numbers are super low. Um, so it can't be that difficult to make a number one box office movie. But I didn't know exactly how to do that. I just had this idea. And because I was starting up my YouTube channel, I was like, this is probably a good video. And uh, when I started filming it, I just started documenting me reaching out to theaters and whatnot, but I actually had no plan. And I called Christian because I know he deals with production a lot because he's been working on his own film. And I asked him if this idea was even possible. And the moment I brought it up to him, kind of started discussing and he brought up four wall distribution, which is like the moment he said that it all clicked and we knew exactly what we had to do to guarantee a number one movie in america mm -hmm. yeah so for, for mm -hmm. the, the way that looks on my end i get a call from eric and i could tell even in the phone call he didn't know how feasible this was it was it was less than a half-baked idea uh, but when he mm -hmm. was explaining to me his thought behind why it was possible or how it was possible i realized that we could use a similar tactic that I was potentially looking to use in my own film, which is what he just mentioned, four-wall distribution. And for those that don't know, four-wall distribution is essentially you buy out a theater for a flat fee. And because you've bought out that theater, any revenue, any, any revenue that you make from ticket sales essentially goes right back to uh, the individual that rented the theater. Uh, traditionally, box office revenue is going to be split between the distributor and the theater. But mm -hmm. for walling, you make 100% of it. And so that kind of, so that offered us the loophole, right? Um, and loopholes is actually not even the right word because it's not even a loophole. We did everything right. Everything, yeah, yeah but everything was fine. But it's everything fine was on the up and up. Like this was, this wasn't some, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, like you can call it a joke, but we actually did it, and we, we really did achieve that thing. Right. We were able to rent out a theater for uh, near nothing, 
because the theater was closed. I also happened to work at that theater when I was in high school and college, so it was, I was able to call in a favor. Were, were the, was that theater open for anything else recently, or did they basically open the building because you wanted to rent it? It was the first time since March that anybody had been in the building. Cool. Yeah, so they, they had been completely shut. Uh, they had just canceled their entire uh, uh, spring and summer um, schedule, and it's a like West Hampton Beach. That is a summertime town, and so they were they were definitely hurting. And so I, I recognized that they would probably benefit from the press and uh, could really use a good news story at that mm -hmm. moment. So yeah, so I reached out to them. They were able to give us the theater at a very small fee, and uh, we Eric and I talked about how much money we could actually afford to, to buy the tickets because we had to buy the tickets, uh, or in order for this to work. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we decided that we were able to do it. We were able to buy out the theater for five showings. So we just kept on showing the film. And right. we actually screened the film being the only two people in the audience. That's Yeah, I, I watched the video that Eric made on his YouTube channel about the behind the scenes, which is uh, like a really cool document. You know, like a, I feel like people listening to this go to Eric's channel and watch this whole video. It gives you the full story of, of everything you pulled off. Um, what was the, because the movie is a horror movie made completely on Zoom. So Eric, when you initially had this idea, did you have any thought into what it is you wanted to make? Did you think it would be more of like a, you know, cause you make a lot of sketches, you know, like you're more of like a sketch comic. Do you feel like it would have been something like that? And this group blew up to be something bigger than what you were thinking? Yes. A hundred percent. So I originally thought you know, I could shoot whatever. I was actually in LA when I came up with the idea and there's this famous TikTok actor who's like known as the cringiest actor on TikTok or whatever, who's actually in the film. His name's Tyler Brash. And I was doing a series about him where I was trying to teach him how to act and see if he had potential as an actor. And I thought originally like the very first, you know, rendition of the idea was I was gonna do like an hour because I thought it had to be a feature film. So I was literally just gonna have one shot of him reading like The Godfather and reading like a script and, and trying to do some classic film. Um, and I, so I went through a lot of different ideas. It was never, until I spoke to Christian, I hadn't thought to make an actual mm -hmm. film. Um, so it was potentially, you know, some sort of sketch of me playing a bunch of different characters or whatnot. Uh, and then the moment I spoke to Christian, he was like, I'm gonna write a script and we're gonna do uh, a movie over Zoom. And then it, it, it all fell into place. Yeah, for me it was, uh, this is only something that is possible in the pandemic. This, is not, it, mm -hmm. this isn't something that's gonna be able to be replicated after this. It's not something that was really feasible prior to this. So I wanted to make a film that was equally of the moment. Mm -hmm. And for me, nothing is more of the moment than Zoom. And Zoom gave us a lot of freedom because it was important to us to be able to shoot this while keeping COVID restrictions very much top of mind. And so the script is really based on the restrictions that we had. We needed to have a bad guy that could travel place to place, but at the same time not have our actor travel place to place. Mm -hmm. And so that's mm -hmm. why he has that essentially an emoji mask. And I wanted to make the emoji equivalent of maybe the Jason mask or yes, the Michael yeah. Myers mask. Um, and so that would give us the flexibility that whenever there was an attack, we could have a different actor play Whitey. Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. in, in one of the scenes, I'm Whitey because, mm -hmm. uh, because we, we, 
one of the takes didn't work, and so then we had to, we had to fix it. And we, we couldn't have Charlie Tahan from Ozark, who played Whitey. We couldn't get him to do it, so then I had to then step in and play Whitey for that bit. Uh, but yeah, it was very much based out of the, based on the restrictions and what we had the ability to do. And then I think you discovered a way to make that work in the script at some point when uh, you realized that, um, the, like, is it, I think there was the debate of like, is it Whitey showing up at all these people's houses or is it people he's recruiting? Is it like an entire community of people doing this and whatnot? Um, which I think is, it, it was a really cool shift in the script. Yeah, it was uh, def definitely born out of uh, the restrictions that we were facing. Yeah, I watched uh, the movie. The movie came out so well. It, it, it came out really well, guys. So congrats. But the whole idea of the original project was to take advantage of what's going on at the box office and make the number one movie at the box office. Because basically, you know, me and Clayton have been talking about this a lot the last couple of months the big studios aren't reporting their numbers in. So it's like all those drive-ins and everything, you know, no one has really been keeping track of what Invisible Man and all those movies that were still sort of out is doing. So, you know, you were able to, to take advantage of the situation, which is great. So tell us about what it was like when you found out that it worked and you went to, you know, the numbers and box office mojo and saw that, the plan worked and you were number one. I mean, my experience was different than Christian's because Christian uh, saw everything before me and he actually originally texted me that <clears throat> like, I'm gonna be disappointed and I need to film my reaction. And then I went on and I didn't know how to react originally because first I thought we weren't number one because of Christian's text. And then when I went on uh, the numbers, we were the only thing listed. So I was like, oh my God, is nobody else, are we number one by default because nobody else has reported numbers? Mm -hmm. uh, so originally I was I was confused and I called Christian. He's like, we're number one for now, uh, but we can still get bumped because the Wretched the day before made $26,000, which is more than how much we made uh, on the next day. And we were really scared that all of a sudden their numbers jumped and we were gonna get bumped. And then finally Christian called me at the end of the day when all the numbers were in and we were still at the top and there were all these movies that had actually reported their numbers and they were lower than ours. And I was, I was pretty, I was actually like, it was the first time where I was like, oh my God, I, this actually worked. I didn't, I wasn't a hundred percent sure it would work. Um, and when it, once it happened, I was like, this is, this is crazy. I feel like this is such a funny story and people are going to talk about it. So I was really excited that, that, about the spread of the story after that. And then there was actually, it was kind of disappointing because for three days we were sitting there and we were like, oh my God, nobody cares. Like doubly frustrating was that IMDB, who owns Box Office Mojo, kept on rejecting our project. Oh. They would not publish that we were the number one film in the country that day because they couldn't verify we existed. Because at this point, we made this project in complete secret because uh, we didn't want somebody else to find out what we were doing because it was so easy to do it yourselves. It was just that nobody thought of it or, or that people that thought of it didn't act on it. Yes, so we were yes. very we're secret. in that category. Yes, so we were very <laughs> secretive uh, while we were doing it. Um, and so there was no press. We didn't, there was no proof that this project existed. Uh, and so then when we tried to get on IMDb, they were like, there's no way. I mean, I, say, I assume this was their conversation, but... Uh, I think they said there's no way a zero dollar film got actors like Charlie Tahan 
one of the Try Guys, uh, one of the guys from Yes Theory, Michelle Carre, who is about to star in her own HBO Max TV show. I think they saw all of that written down. They're like, this isn't a real project. Uh -huh. we're, we're, we're not going to allow this to go on. So day after day, I would get these rejection notifications at IMDb. Not even that they were rejecting our numbers. They were rejecting the project's existence. Uh, and so eventually Eric's film came out or Eric's documentary came out. The video then lived on, on Vimeo. And then I was able to submit all of those things. Mm -hmm. And then IMDb accepted it. And then Box Office Mojo retroactively gave us the, the June 10th numbers. And that's when the story blew up. So you got Box Office Mojo to go back and correct a mistake. That is See, good for we got to give you a B.O. Boys applause. We have been so a big thing for us during this pandemic is we have been railing against box office mojo. They haven't been going out there and, and hunting down the numbers. They've just been taking what's been given to them by IFC. And that is why your story really touched our hearts is because you went out there and you made an example of them. And I, I think that's just great. I'm so happy that you, you got Box Office Mojo to admit a mistake. Well, I don't know if they admitted a mistake, but they definitely were getting a lot of emails from me. <laughs> it might have just been their way of being like, I really can't deal with this guy's emails so, so they acquiesced more than anything. If, if nothing else, yeah. It's crazy to see, too, because I remember I had the page open when on June 10th when we weren't listed. And then Christian texted me, and I refreshed the page. It's been like a week or like a few days and then boom, our name was on there and they, you know, went clearly went back to add a number to June 10th, which was pretty crazy. So the actual reporting, when you reported to IMDB, what did you have to do? Um, if you can divulge that information, is it, do you just, is there like an email you send or like, because you are an unknown quantity and they're, only during this time they were only hearing from IFC so they probably were like who else is contacting us yeah they, they do have a a public um like they publicly uh, explain how to um submit your numbers on their website and so we just followed that standard um that standard procedure for both the numbers and for box office mojo uh yeah so you, for box office mojo you have to have your project submitted uh, and approved prior to your film being released, which we tried to do. We tried. We, we submitted two weeks prior, and they just kept on rejecting it. And uh, then you just there's a bunch of just bullet points that you need to submit to them, and you need to just and you need to keep on submitting it. So um, things like I, so we've reported our daily numbers. I had to then report our daily numbers every day that week, even though we weren't in the theaters after that. Um, I then had to send our weekend numbers which did not have we didn't have any weekend numbers but so i had to say like we made zero dollars today but this was our total gross so far right. and so yeah i did do that um which is something that they require so i, I handled all of that the numbers is much easier the, the numbers they have a they, they have an email they just ask that you start a profile with them before you um before you're in theaters so we did that with them ahead of time and uh yeah that was that was a much easier way of of going about this and also I, I do think that somebody listening to this could maybe think oh well i'm gonna i'm gonna use a similar scheme to get on and just report numbers that are fake 
but we actually did this thing. This right. was that's what I feel like the level of absurdity of this thing was. We did everything on the up and up, and uh, while I think it's fun, like I, I I've used the word scam or loophole to describe what we did, but none of those terms are really accurate because we did it the way that everybody else does it. Right, right. Um, so now you know me and Clayton the other day we're talking about how the number one movie in the country this week because now theaters are opening up a little bit more and uh, studios are playing sort of like classic movies in theaters to, to just start opening up. So the number one movie this past weekend was Jurassic Park. Steven Spielberg is at the top of the box office. You guys were at the top of the box office the week before. Do you feel like that makes sense? Your contemporaries now at the box office with Steven Spielberg. I've heard of Steven Spielberg. I think he'd be uh, he'd be really happy to share the list with us. <laughs> like, damn, I got to get back on top. <laughs> uh, I, I would say it's 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 very nice to see uh, like the Washington Post it's mentioned us in the same sentence as people like Chris Nolan and 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 Steven Spielberg. So like, it's 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 funny if nothing else to be in the same uh, category of them, even if. Uh, even if it is for an absurd reason, but I would say that this, like this, that story this last weekend about Jurassic Park was one of the reasons why Eric and I moved so quickly to do this, and why we wrote the film in a single day, and we cast it in a single day, and we shot it over three days or four days. Um, it was because we were aware that anything could change in the world and this wouldn't be possible anymore. For us, the big one was that we knew that King of Staten Island was coming out and that drive-ins were becoming more and more popular. And so we saw the date that that film came out, which I believe is, was June 12th, 12th. And so I said, we need to be out the Wednesday before June 12th. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that it, was, it, it was very thought out. But when you look at like what the box office numbers were when we thought of this idea, it was the low thousands, like $19,000 um, for for a day um or for a weekend gross i think some of them were nineteen thousand. by the time this came out the weekend grosses were closer to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars so we were very much aware of what the landscape looked like and that we had to move incredibly fast so uh before we go so the the movie though uh it played in the theater on that day but it is I watched it on demand today so it is available so do you guys want to talk about where people could actually see what was the number one movie in the country how they could watch it and just what else are you up to next are you going to take on Spielberg head to head Uh well it's available on Vimeo on demand so you could rent it for 3.99 uh so uh, anybody that's interested, you, you could find it there. And I will say people uh, are generally surprised that the film is good. <laughs> and I think that's the number one thing that we hear when, when, when discussing this with people. is like, oh, you could have made any film, but you made, you made a good one, um, which, is, which is nice. Uh, th- for, for as far as what's next, um, we, I did have a few phone calls today with people that are interested in a feature film version of Unsubscribe or potentially other YouTube-centered um, horror films in the future. This is all, all news to Eric. I haven't had a chance to talk to him yet today. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's, there'll, there'll definitely be a life, uh, a life for us after this. So I have just one last question for you guys before. Uh, so the Oscars, 
the eligibility for the Oscars is a seven-day theatrical run in Los Angeles, and it has to be three screenings per day. Now, do you think with your popularity, with all this newfound clout, that you guys could do the same thing for the Oscars? Is this a possibility? Um, I would say that they've changed that rule. Because of COVID? we, We... we may already be eligible. Oh, for the I love this. Yes. And we already may be uh, a few steps ahead of you. <laughs> oh, you always are. You always are. Cause that's, that's what we found out. So when you guys win your Oscar, are the B.O. boys going to get a shout out? I, I guess that all depends on if you're going to be a part of our For Your Consideration campaign. Oh, absolutely. We're in the bag for we're, you guys. Completely. Yes. Yes. We're, we're already. We'll, we'll do whatever. We'll... We'll advertise you. We'll put down competitors. Whatever you need, legs broken, poisonings. It's you, you, we're in oh, it. We, we're gonna we're gonna start so so many slander campaigns against the competition. It's you're you're. Yeah. Don't worry, your hands will not get dirty. Yeah, yeah. They'll never know. We'll we'll delete this part where we spell out <laughs> our plan the of slander attack. campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, Yeah, and unsubscribe, find it on Vimeo, and uh, watch it now. It's great. Number one movie in the country. Congrats, guys. You'll always have that. Wow, that was a great interview. Yeah. Yeah, we were really good in that interview. They were great, too. Um, But I feel like... uh, it's our first interview ever done here, and we were, would you say, naturals at it? Absolutely. Yes, of course. Um, so, Clayton, uh, they did a great thing. I'm so happy for these guys getting to number one at the box office. But the other great thing they did that you know we were able to put, put a spotlight on in this interview is expose box office mojo. Um, I didn't even realize that they went when Christian was talking about how box office mojo was just ignoring them and assumed they didn't exist. I mean, that blew me away. I, I, we knew box office mojo was incompetent, but, um, this, this really showed just what level of incompetence. Well, it's because they would have had to make a phone call. Mm-hmm. to confirm information and they didn't because they don't call anybody to look for numbers mm-hmm. that is their problem and it is it's it's exposing them and the fact that these two gentlemen could expose box office mojo and the numbers for the fraud they are mm-hmm. but then also actually make something worth watching yep and actually get the media to recognize something that they did through the incompetence of other people in the media, box office mojo and the numbers. I mean, this is a brilliant, brilliant maneuver by these two gentlemen. And we applauded them on the interview and they deserve to be applauded. Yes. Yeah. This was great. I love when uh, a, a scam, which, and again, when I say scam, like Christian said, they did everything on the up and up. I say scam only in, the most congratulatory way. I love oh, a good yes. scam. Absolutely. So, nothing derogatory. When I say the scam they pulled off, it both helped them 
it exposed incompetence and it turned out a movie it was it's the perfect scam and definitely i would say so you know we're going to put all these links in the show notes but definitely go to vimeo and rent this movie Mm -hmm. because you'll be able to experience a a piece of history Mm -hmm. and you can do it at home and that's what i mean that's the great thing right now you know uh, it's sad we can't go to the theaters but we can support creative artists who are top in the box office. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's a historic moment for them. And it's a historic moment for us because we had the number one box office attraction in the country join us. And I think that now puts, I would say, lights a fire under the ass of the rest of Hollywood that when you get to the top of the box office, this is the first stop. Mm-hmm. You come on the B.O. Boys. Well, I mean, we talked about it last episode. Spielberg was number one this weekend. He's the king of the box office now. Had three out of the top ten movies he directed. I, I think it makes a lot of sense for him to come on the B.O. Boys and get that coronation that he deserves. He deserves to be here. Yeah, and we deserve to have him. Yeah, yeah, it's well-deserved all around. Because if he doesn't, you know, we had Eric, we had Christian, we had the unsubscribe guys on the show. Now Spielberg has taken over from them as number one. They handed him the baton. They said, here, you take over the box office. We're going to go make some YouTube videos. we got some other projects. You be number one for a while, Spielberg. But I think what comes with that is he gets the reward of he also now gets a spot on the B.O. Boys. And you know what? If he doesn't come on, he looks like a sore winner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Because then it's almost like Steven Spielberg is saying, unsubscribe, guys. Yeah, you do that. It's not for me. I'm better than you. And does Steven Spielberg want to be that guy? I don't think he does. And you might be scared to follow them. And mm-hmm. you know what? Don't be. They're great guys. They were right. so nice. They they said nice things about I mean, they knew who you were, Stephen. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they acted like they did not know who you were. They're aware. They're aware of you. Yeah. So, you know, it's nice to pay that forward a little bit. Right. Right. So I think, yeah, Spielberg, come on the B.O. Boys, be coronated as king of the box office will loop you in on an email with Christian and Eric so everyone can get to know each other, maybe work on a project together. And that's what you get for being number one at the box office. You get to join the club. Yes. All right. I think we did it. We definitely did it. And, uh, well, where can they contact us real fast, Pat? Because there's going to be, I think, a lot of media outlets that are going to want to contact us. Steven Spielberg needs to contact us. So, Where can they do that? Steven Spielberg, after you listen to this, you decide you want to get coronated king of the box office on the B.O. Boys, email us at theboboyspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know that you are, in fact, Steven Spielberg and uh, confirm to us that you do have a Zoom account and that you'll be able to record over Zoom. It's very important in the email you send to theboboyspodcast at gmail.com you confirm that you have Zoom, 
We could do it over Skype if need be, but we right now are in a Zoom uh, state of mind. So hopefully yes. Steven Spielberg has, has access to Zoom, whether on his computer, you know, his wife's computer, one of his kids, someone has it in the house. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is where I usually talk about our Patreon, but like as we've been saying in every episode, it's it's frozen uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for now and for the foreseeable future because there's a lot of places you can give your money. And I would say even, you know what? Go rent unsubscribed. Yes. Right? Yes. Go rent unsubscribed. Don't give us money uh, for the Patreon. Go rent unsubscribed. You, got, yeah. you know, I mean, we – we're going to be here forever. We're going to those guys are going to go on to greater, bigger things. And we will, too. But we're always going to be here for you. So don't worry about it. There'll be plenty of time to pay us what you owe us. Exactly. And believe us, believe me, you do owe us. I mean, again, it's a freeze. We're not we're not just dismissing this like it, it, it you don't owe us. But like we're pushing it further down the line. Exactly. We're just kicking the ball down the field. But, you know, the field doesn't go away. Um, yeah. So Clayton. I think that's it. And till next time, we'll, we'll smell you at the box, box office. office. Nailed it. Nailed it.